So if you're new with us, one of the things that we do here at Christ Community is we embrace the mess, but we also love to tell stories because we believe that it's in the telling of stories that we are able to recognize what Jesus is doing in our lives. And, and so uh, throughout this month, we are uh, in the middle of a series we're calling Getting Out. And it's all about how discipleship helps us to get out on mission. It helps us to get out of our own heads. It helps us to get out of the things that we're maybe feeling or being controlled or, or gripped by. And so um, as we're talking about that, uh, we would love to see all of us become disciple makers, people that join Jesus in that mission. And so we're uh, allowing uh, some people that are doing that in our church to share their stories. And Miss Peggy, um, Peggy is a great disciple maker. I'm going to brag on her for just a second because many times we don't realize what the Lord is doing in our midst. So this week, Peggy actually spoke uh, at a women's conference that was televised internationally. So uh, she's already talked about discipling women to 26 countries this week. So she's ahead of us a little bit, uh, and we have a lot to learn. And, and so um, what an honor it is for her to be invested here at Christ Community. So I, I want us to go all the way back. Miss Peggy, because before we can be a disciple maker, we've got to be a disciple. Okay. So what opened your eyes to your own need to be discipled? Do you want the beginning of that or <laughs> the, the right now that? <laughs> because you know what ebbs and flows. Sure. I think the beginning of that, um, I grew up in a little valley, and everyone was alike. I didn't know there was poverty. I didn't know there was rich. We were all alike. Mm-hmm. And there was no difference in our parents. They, we all, uh, my parents discipled all the kids, and I got discipled by all the parents, and I didn't know the world wasn't like that. Mm. I, I grew up in a bubble of a valley. Mm. So that's where the, my discipleship experience started, um, to come out of that bubble and realize that everyone had not had the pouring into that I had had. Mm. was kind of an eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. And I even questioned some of that along the way. So that's where it began. Yeah. Um, that's so relatable for me, which that's, it's the, today's story is not about me, but I, I'm already <laughs> resonating with you. So you, you're being discipled in the bubble. You get out in the, we'll call it the real world. You recognize that, man, it's not always this way. Right. So think back, what was there a time in your life where discipleship was really effective that you look back and you're like, man, I really know the Lord was discipling me through mm-hmm. this? Well, coming out of that bubble, I found out there were people who did not believe in Christ, and that became unbelievable to me. Mm. And I wanted to find out why. Yeah. And some of the reasons why, I may have even doubted myself a little bit. You know how you, you just kind of, you're hearing things you hadn't heard until you're, um, I think a lot of our college kids go through that right now. But anyway, moving on, moving on, I think the most um, poignant experience I had was after I was hired at KBC, I was so fortunate to have some of the greats that I worked with, Mm -hmm. that I worked for, Uh, just great statesmen. Their integrity was impeccable, their scripture, the way they lived their lives, and I knew they loved the Lord, and I knew I loved the Lord, but I wanted, honestly, I wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. I wanted my discipleship, my love of Christ to show as theirs did. 
Yeah. Uh, I wanted people to look at me and know I am a Christ lover and I live my life as such because they had their modeled that for me and they poured into me. Mm-hmm. I had some of the two or three of the greatest statesmen I think Kentucky has ever had mm-hmm. for my bosses. And I think that's very fortunate and um, very blessed that I was for that. Yeah. So that was that was a time. I'd say that was in my 30s and 40s, and if I keep going, you'll know how old I am. <laughs> but uh, it was in a very pivotal time, pivotal time. and um, I just remember thinking, Lord, I want to be like them. I want my example. I want people to look at me and know I love you like they love you. Mm. They, were, they became an example as well as pouring knowledge and grace and... Um, and just a way to live into me. Yeah. As and I was getting paid for that. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not all of us are that fortunate, right? No, to have no. The I have been. Into our job. I have been very, very fortunate, and I am, do not take that for granted. Yeah. From one bubble to the next. From one bubble to the next. <laughs> I, I'm in a bubble now again. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's a good bubble. Yeah. Um, I love what you're saying. There's a proximity, uh, a closeness and relationship that you had. And there these people that, that were living life in a way that called you to something different, to, yes. to live and look differently. Yes. Um, now, here's the cool thing. I, I, this is me speaking, not you. But when I get around people like that, that call more out of me, mm-hmm. and I realize they're investing in me, then there's this burden that I need to be able to help others do that. I need to be that for other people. Yes. Um, you can't keep that to yourself. You can't. You can't. You can't. And so Peggy has been a great example of that. Uh, she, she's been a mentor to me. Uh, my wife has been in a discipleship group with her. Uh, this, this gal, during the midst of a pandemic, uh, all but started a house church in her neighborhood. Uh, and, and there's a group of people, that uh, many of whom aren't even believers, that have been gathering together around God's word. You've right. got another discipleship group going. Yes. So you've given your life to being a disciple maker. Yeah. Help us see behind that, right? Because for, for me, for many of us, it's like, wow, I don't, I'm not going to be there. So what fears or concerns did you have to wrestle with when you kind of made that decision, I'm going to be a disciple that makes disciples? Well, I think um, I'm not one to quote the Bible. Uh, I wish I could. But in Matthew... Uh, the Great Commission, it says go and make disciples. And I think that has been um, my mantra, I guess, all these years. It doesn't say um, when you've learned enough. It doesn't say when you're articulate enough or when you feel like it or when you feel like, okay, I'm ready, I've learned enough. It just simply says go Mm. in whatever shape you're in, whatever. And I think for me, that has freed me up to go. Mm. I don't have to be the smartest one. I don't have to be the most educated one. I don't have to be the most articulate one. You just simply have to go where the Lord leads you. And that's what led in the neighborhood. That was, ooh, I wish I had time to tell about that. That was, we had had a, a, a lady who had, been married to a Hindu priest. We had a lady who was Catholic. We had a, um, a lady who was a non-believer, wanted to believe, but just couldn't get quite get there. We had um, very charismatic 
people. There were nine of us. And we were socially distanced, by the way. We were in someone's basement. <laughs> and we did, we did follow all the protocols. But anyway, that was a great experience. Yeah. And um, those kind of things you just don't forget. Yeah. So I think, what was your question? I think I got off track. <laughs> what fears or concerns did you have to wrestle with when you decided oh. to become one? Well, you get and you, addre normal. you address some of that. Like, well, do I know enough? Yeah, yeah, those are your fears you have. I mean, who am I to represent Christ? Who am I to... Who am I to sit here right now and talk to these people who probably are more Christ followers than I am, who have led better, more, more Christly lives, more, uh, and they can do a much better job of speaking than me. Who am I yeah. to be sitting here? Yeah. Those are the, I think those are the fears that I don't know if they're given by our own selves or given by Satan. Sometimes I think we give Satan credit for our own selves, but... Uh, those are some of the things that go through your mind. Something else, I don't see too many people that look like me, but sometimes when you get a little bit older, you think, man, I've done that. I'm done, you know, I'm tired. I have, um, I've done my part, I've had my groups, and uh, it's time for me just to back up and rest and mm. watch it all happen. Mm. But man, I can't do that. Mm. I don't think we're finished ever mm. until, until God calls us home. Yeah. I think he will give us a way to disciple other people in ways that maybe we don't even realize uh, until we're called, yeah. called home. Mm. I tried to rest and I tried to pull back, but it, he just don't let you do that. Mm. Rest is in him, right? When rest you're with him. is in him. You can't go rest. Yeah. We all need rest, but not the kind of rest I was wanting to make. Yeah. I was wanting to say, senor, you know, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. Last question. You're making disciples day by day. What joys are you finding in the midst of doing that? Oh, well, I've got some great joys to share right now, and I'm going to, really, I'm going to make it real short because I don't like people talking a long time. Um, but you handed me this book a while back. It's called Replicate by Robbie Gallaty. A lot of people hand me books to read and I always start in the middle to see if it's worth it. I don't know. Do y'all do that? Because what they, <laughs> He what doesn't. They, what, they say, what they say is usually in the middle of the book. What they're going to say is in the front of the book and what they did say is in the back of the book. So I find if I start in the middle, I can see if it's a worth read. There's your wisdom nugget of the day. That's start my, in the middle that's of the my book. nugget. Start in the middle. This one was a, was a definite worth it from beginning to end. I started in the middle, had to go back to the front, read the middle again, and read the end. Um, it's a process of disciple making. And I'm not going to go into the process. Read the book. Get into it. Um, so we've started a group in my home, and it's kind of a, it's a process as far as, it's a to-do. You keep journals, and there's a, you keep here journals, here is an acronym, and if you want to know what that is, read the book, or you can tell it, I can't get it right now, but um, there are six women involved, including myself, which is a little large if you start one, but we're doing really well. And what I want to get to is that we're in our seventh week. And these ladies are seasoned Christians. 
they've been Christians most of their lives, I think. And last week, we're reading, we're going through the, New Te the Old Testament, and we're in the part where Joseph, it's the reckoning, if you know what I mean. It's where he recognizes his brothers, and he's put them through all this mess of, you know, leaving this one and going and getting in that one. And we're at the part where he has to bring Benjamin. And one lady in the group said, oh, my gosh, if you remember in the story, Joseph was so overcome that he had to leave the room and just lament and just cry out to the Lord. And this one lady in the group said, I was so overcome. I just cried and cried at how he felt. And I sat there and listened to that, and I thought, oh, Jesus, we are reading this scripture with fresh eyes. How many times has she read this scripture and knows the end, and it's still bringing her to tears? And we had another lady that same night sat down, and she said, oh, man, this was a page turner. How many times has she read the story of Joseph? And now she's reading it with fresh eyes. I think if we want to make disciples, we, we can go through scripture and read those stories again, the ones that were given to us as children, and read them with fresh eyes and with empathy and with um, knowing why did the Lord find it so important to include this in scripture. Mm. Because scripture, in my opinion, is all God-breathed. Why is this there? And why are we still crying when we read these? And why is it still page turners? Um, this experience I'm having going through this process is one that uh, it's very new to me, and I love it. Mm. It takes the pressure. I'm a facilitator, which means I'm also a learner. I just facilitate to make sure we don't chase too many rabbits. Um, but it's going very well, and I think the women are, the ladies are growing uh, in their relationship with Christ. Some of them, they've never used a concordance before. Some have never used a reference Bible. So those things are, they're just very meaningful to me right now and very gratifying, but not, not gratification, self-gratification, but just sitting back in awe and thanking, Lord, thank you. Mm. that I'm being allowed to be a part of this, yeah. to watch it come anew again. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And, and Peggy, I, I can't say it enough. Uh, your friendship, your partnership in ministry, uh, your willingness to just be a part of a church like Christ Community <laughs> and to help us, to disciple us along the way is uh, incredible. Thank and you. uh, your example in this season where nobody, like there's nothing certain and you say, oh, yes, there is. The word of the Lord is. Mm -hmm. And if we will walk together in the word, mm -hmm. man, he's going to do good things. And your example on that is uh, inspiring. So I want to I pray for you, and I want to pray for us, because I do believe that this process of being a disciple and making disciples is truly how we get out of our own way. And uh, may, I, I, yep. may I say just one more thing about this, disi this discipleship? The purpose of what we're doing this is not only to, to, to learn more and to be better disciples, 
the big purpose and, and the thing we're, we're striving for is to replicate mm -hmm. ourselves. The ladies in this group, new coming in, that going out, the expectation would be that they replicate what we're doing. Yeah. So if we have five women, at the end of this time, we're going to have 25 women. And at the end of that time, 25 times however many they have. Mm -hmm. So replication is what we're after here. Mm -hmm. we're, after, we're after disciple makers. We're all going to become disciple makers, mm -hmm. even if we feel we aren't worthy. Mm. Even if we feel we aren't worthy. It's good. When we feel we aren't worthy. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, let me pray for us thank as you. we continue our worship. Lord, we are so in awe of you. You love us in ways that we, we didn't know we need loved. And, and your word, it, it stood the test of time. It is true. It's, it's inspired by your spirit. And your spirit still today is helping us to hear from you and to understand uh, who we are and who you are and our need for you. Lord, I'm so grateful that you have uh, caused and called Peggy to be a part of our church. And I, I'm so thankful for uh, these ladies that she is discipling. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to make your name great, not only in their lives and in their homes, but in the lives of those that they will uh, again, eventually pour their lives into. Lord, we know that this has been your pattern since Jesus walked the earth. And so, Lord, we just ask and pray that you would give us the strength, the courage to, to join you in getting outside of ourselves and making disciples. Uh, join you in loving people well and, and in showing them the good news of Jesus. It's that good news that today we want to celebrate, to sing about, pray, uh, pray and ask the Lord to, to put in our path. And, and Lord, we just ask and pray that you would convince us today of your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen.